familia, bienvenidas a Radio Menea. My name is Vero Valletti Flores. And I'm Miriam Suela Perez, and we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes. Each who bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love, and today we have a very, very special guest, illustrious guest with us to discuss Selena's Amor Prohibido. Bienvenido, Fabi. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you for having Yay. me. <laughs> <laughs> one of our favorite, one of my favorite guests, one of my favorite guests for sure. Thank you for doing this with us. Definitely. You're welcome. What a dream. What a treat. <laughs> <laughs> you are perhaps like the busiest man alive, so I feel very honored that you made space in your schedule for us. <laughs> I will always yes, make time. Yes, to discuss. Yes. Oh, and to discuss Selena's Amor Prohibido. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm a total hypocrite because I told all Latinos Who Lunch <laughs> listeners, like, I'm not going to do a Selena episode for a long time because I know you super fans. And here I am. Yeah. <laughs> and here you are doing a Selena episode. <laughs> all you needed was someone to ask nicely. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> well, Going Latinos Who Lunch listeners will get to hear this too, so... Absolutely. Everyone will be, have their appetite whetted for your Selena. Um, so we are talking about this iconic, iconic album of Selena, Selena's from 1994. And we started with, of course, the title track and the number one track, which is Amor Prohibido. Let's take another listen. Bobby, how did you become such a Selena stan? Is there like a story to this? Well, um, the last time I was on the podcast, I totally overshared uh, <laughs> and gave you my life story. <laughs> you um, did. And so some of y'all, <laughs> some of y'all might remember that I was raised like really evangelical Christian and. Um, but there was one of my tias who secretly listened to Selena. And, um, yeah. And I loved hanging out with her and my cousin, her, her son, because she always had the Selena records in her car, her CDs and tapes at the time. (laughs) And so, uh, we would always play them like on the way to the store or whatever. And so, um, eventually she would like pick me up from school and then I like stole one of her albums. (laughs) And so she was always like a part of like my life. And I didn't realize how important it was. I mean, she died in 1995 and I was really young. Um, and I still, you know, remember the impact of that and like how everybody just freaked out. And so, I think that also really affected me. And then the movie came out in 1997. And that just, I think, was one of the first representations of this, uh, you know, double identity, Chicana, Chicano identity that I saw. Um, You know, there was like La Bamba and Mi Familia. Those are like really iconic movies. But Selena 
was a movie that I really related to because she was like truly Mexican-American. She didn't really speak Spanish. And, um, you know, her family dynamics were also, um, you know, kind of messed up. She was kind of in a Jackson 5 situation. Even though the movie really, really sugarcoats it. Um, mm -hmm. right. You know, you still saw that, you know, like overbearing father. Um, and... But she did have a father, <laughs> unlike me. No, that's that's too real. Sorry. <laughs> so it was it was I, it was just cool to see that. So, um, and also I was a Jennifer Lopez fan from a very. I, I know I'm mixing a lot of things in here, but I was a big Jennifer okay. Lopez fan for a long time, and mm. and you know seeing that movie as a kid, uh, we almost see it as a documentary, which is really messed up because you know it's a it's a really fluffy version of right. what Selena's life yeah, yeah it's right. very fictionalized and so um yeah i i've always loved her and then the more i research her the more clips i see of her on youtube when she's like on the Christina show or just doing radio mm -hmm. shows and you can you can kind of see you can kind of see the real Selena through all of that. And it just makes me like her even more. So I've always had a love for her. I remember you talking about that you Thanks. wanted to even, you thought about even doing a Selena podcast at one point. Yeah. Just because there's a lot of misconceptions and trust me. Oh my gosh. Doing research for this episode. First of all, unfortunately, most of the podcasts that I listen to, uh, uh, for my research because I don't have time to read anymore because I'm always making things because I'm an artist mm -hmm. and so I just pop it. It was a lot of it was like crime podcasts about her death, so it was kind of depressing, um, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. um, everybody is just spreading the same misinformation over and wow. over again, and so I wanted to do a podcast that was about her legacy and not about like her death. You know, and so because right. most podcasts focus on her on her untimely death and what happened. Right. So, yeah. And it just, uh, you know, I think she deserves to be remembered differently. And and I think a lot of people, especially in Texas, shout out to the Colores Radio and everybody mm -hmm. um, in, in the in Dallas and, and San Antonio, yeah. Austin on the border, you know, like they mm -hmm. are really big, big, big Selena fans. And so that's one of the reasons I also didn't do it. I'm like, I don't know. I'm this guy from Las Vegas who's like half Guatemalan, half Mexican. And sometimes Selena fans can get a little aggressive, especially, you know, if you're not like Tejano. So Tejano, I kind of yeah. left, right. you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I kind of left that, I kind of left that idea. And, and, you know, I think, Maybe focusing on her music, like this episode, is is a better idea <laughs> for sure. Right, right. Well, and I guess I guess also we should say for people who the f like five people listening who don't know you and your work um, that you are the co-host of Latinos Lunch and also the Art People podcast. That's right. I have like, two podcasts because I love talking podcasts. about myself. Because you're busy. <laughs> you're a busy man. So we'll put links in the show notes to those things. If people are not following them yet, you can go ahead and subscribe. And also that you are an artist and a very, very busy one right now. Oh, my gosh. Y'all, 
I'm so busy. Um, I'm just so good. It's I'm so getting, good. You I'm, love to see it. Yes, I'm actually getting ready right now to uh, show for the very first time at Mass Mocha in Massachusetts. Wow. So, uh, Ooh, it's that's a, amazing. I know. It's a big deal, and uh, I got to get the work it's a shipped big out. Deal. Yeah, it opens on March 21st. You know, to hey. kick off Selena season. <laughs> hey. hey. So let's talk about Selena season, right? So I feel like today, the, the, the day that this episode comes out, it's March 13th. It's the anniversary of this album, of Amor Prohibido, oh that gosh. came out 26 years ago. Wild. On March 13th, 1994. So it's the beginning of like a bunch of Selena anniversaries. So tell us about Selena season, Fabi. Yeah, well, I learned about Selena season from the Colores again because they do huge events in uh, Oak Cliff. And <laughs> it's basically the middle of March through her birthday, which is April 16th. And mm-hmm, that's right. basically Selena season. So, um, yeah, it's a time to celebrate Selena. And I know that a lot of, of, of uh, Texans, um, they kind of save their Selena listening for that time and like you know play it out oh, then interesting I, because wow. you know i honestly i hadn't listened to this album amor prohibido in a very long time because i didn't want to mm-hmm. play selena out and mm, um because right. i i got to the point where i was like Shh, if i hear bitty bitty bum bum one more time and i didn't want to be like that i wanted to enjoy the song yeah. you know what i mean so yeah, that's um, real. you never want to be like that yeah, I like this idea of like, okay, I love Selena. You can play some songs here and there, put her on a playlist. But to really go through her dis- discography and remember her, um, you know, to have a distinct season, I think is is such a great idea and a great way to commemorate her. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, this album was like the last album that came out before she was murdered. So it was the last album that came out while she was still around. There were posthumous albums that came out. And it was like a humongous hit, right, even before she was murdered. And then after, it kind of skyrocketed even more because of how people were feeling about her death and and the tragedy that happened, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, Selena was such a hard worker. Well, her whole family... Uh, her brother, right. I mean, Abi Quintanilla, uh, also a very prolific writer. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. This album, they put it together over a span of maybe six months. I think they recorded it in like a week or two in the studio. Um, and just to listen to the interviews of Abi explaining how they wrote some of the songs, it's pretty amazing. And Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's such a weird album. If you really sit there and listen to it, every song is so different. Like, it shouldn't work. It shouldn't work. Mm-hmm. But somehow yeah. it does because uh, I think Selena is like, she's such an amazing artist that she really knows how to interpret the songs and make them her right. own, even though she didn't write most of them, you know? And I think that's super important. So then... With that history, like this album really shows her range. And then the next album is her crossover album. And unfortunately, she never saw it, you know, or heard it released. And uh, this might be controversial, but some people have said, like, if Selena was still alive, 
would she still be as iconic as she is today? Because a yeah, lot of you have to wonder. Mm-hmm, because a lot of people, pre, uh, a lot of people theorize that uh, you could almost see it in the shift. You know, even in this, even in this album, there's like a rock song or a cover song of the Pretenders. You know, so like she was kind of going more that way, and you know, her hair was getting lighter and lighter. You know, she was doing the whole Shakira mm-hmm. going blonde thing. And right. and she really, in her heart, I believe that she really, I mean, she loved being Texan. She loved being Mexican-American, but she also loved pop music and like American pop yeah. music. And that's what she, I, I, I believe that's what she wanted to be. She wanted to be a pop star, you know, here in America too. Right. So like, yeah. Um, so I wonder what would have happened uh, if she would have kept making music, you know? And yeah. uh, I feel like, she was so down to earth that she would always uh, honor her Tejano roots, but also maybe she would, she really did love fashion too. Like, would she have gone another direction? And like, you see like people like Rihanna right now, like she doesn't give a fuck. I'm not putting out an album. I'm doing what I want to do. Like, I feel like that would have been Selena's attitude too. I've been working my ass off since I was like six years old, recording songs for my family. Like I'm going to do my own fashion line or I'm going to, you know, who knows what she would have came up with, you know? So whatever the fuck she wants. Exactly. So she was such an entrepreneur. So uh, it was just, oh my gosh, honestly, such a tragic and untimely death because she, she, she was, I mean, she was a, she was a, she was a star, you know, and she, she could do anything at that point. So we thought we would like just kind of talk through it since it's only 10 tracks, kind of talk through the whole album and then stop and take a listen to some of the songs. Let me talk about Amor Prohibido a little bit because, you know, this is a very like, Romeo and Juliet, like, ay, the distintas classes, you know, like, poor guy. Yes, I love the, like, cross-class controversy mm-hmm. that's happening here. Yeah, and it kind of reflects her relationship with her husband, Chris Perez, you know. Um, but on another note, kind of like on the same lines of the song Jolene, like, a lot of queer people have uh, claimed this song as, like, mm-hmm. a queer anthem. Mm-hmm. Because Amor Prohibido mm-hmm. is also maybe about like yeah. not being not being able to love somebody, you mm-hmm. know, the same sex, basically. So um, I know that the podcast Cabronas y Chingonas uses it as their theme song. So mm-hmm. um, it is a, a this is canon for like queer Tejanos, you know, queer Chicanos, queer Latinos, I yeah. should say. And yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's that's why I love this song because. I, I, that's that's the first thing you know when I first came out like it kind of became a song that I would go to because you know it really it's about not being able to to fully love someone the way that the rest of the world is allowed to yeah yeah and it feels really relevant I was talking about this the other day but I was just like I feel like you know I'm 37 years old and the way that you know, a person that's been out for a very long time and the way that the public perception around queerness has changed, like in my lifetime, like in the last like 10 years, 
is fucking wild and yeah. I will never get over it. And like, it's, it, you know, I feel like, especially like 10 years ago, like it was really fucking prohibido. You know what I mean? Like I didn't hold my partner's hand in public because I wasn't sure what was going to happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like in that sense, like, I mean, I'm so happy for people today that don't have to experience that, but like, that's the, and like, that's, it feels super real in that way to me. Like, it's like, yes, it was fucking prohibido as fuck, <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. So, yeah, I love that song because of that. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's like we won't know, you know, what the meanings behind the meanings were that they... You know, I feel like share, Selena... We make our own. Yeah, I feel like oh, she had to have, like... You know, gay besties. I feel like she, mm-hmm. she was she was one of us. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She had to have a gay. Be- I mean, those bedazzled bras. Don't come on. You know. Who do you think yeah. she got on. all those rhinestones from? Okay. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> well, I hope That's she appreciates gay. all of the like hundreds <gasps> of drag impersonations of her over the years that have come. And I think she would live. She would live. Yeah. It's Absolutely. Pretty great. It's pretty great. Um, all right, should we talk about No Me Queda Mas, the second track on the album? Yeah, No Me Queda Mas, this one is like a mariachi ballad. It's very beautiful. I feel like this is uh, one of the adult songs on the album. No, it wasn't my favorite growing up, but I really I really appreciate this one. It is uh, is a really, really solid song. I love So, you know, the first song is Cumbia. No Me Queda Mas is very traditional Mexican mariachi. So this is very smart. The way that these songs are lined up on the album because, you know, you're giving the people what they want up first. And then you got the, I feel like you got the older generation with the second song. And then you're tying it to the Mexicano roots, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really, really solid song. And then the next song... Covarde, I slept on this one for a very, very long time, and I've talked about it on the po- on Latinos Who Lunch before. Um, I don't really listen to lyrics of songs, but I, I really, I really listened to this album over and over before we recorded this, y'all. And this mm. song, to quote the great philosopher Jasmine Orlando, you know the fucking vibes, okay? Like this song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This song is the you fucking... Know the fucking vibe. <laughs> All right, we're getting into the Selena deep cuts here. Should we take a listen? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay, yes. Un inmenso amor Que era yo la medicina Para tu dolor Me volviste dentro De aquella linda ilusión Y me entregué Toda sin ninguna condición Y ahora Que el tiempo ha pasado Tú me has olvidado Que no vas a volver
right. So y'all know from our Radio Loncha episodes that we do in honor of your podcast mm-hmm. that <laughs> yes, I love it. I love a song with a very like sweet melody or like a classic like fun melody, and then but the lyrics are completely opposite. You know, and so Covarde, this song is a this is a song where Selena is calling out a fucking coward, right? And so I don't know if y'all remember yes. Latinos Who Lunch listeners. I think 2017, I picked one of my favorite songs of the year was Caliucci's uh You're Dead to Me. And this mm-hmm. is the same fucking vibe, right? It's like you listen to this, mm-hmm. you listen to the song, and it sounds like it's like this sweet little song from the Yoni Canales show, you know, like ding ding ding, you know. And then mm-hmm. she just goes in on this motherfucker. You do not cross Selena, okay? No, you do no, not. Okay? Oh, do not I, fuck with Selena. This is a fucking anthem. I love it. I she love will it. She'll bring you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love what I love about this song is that Selena is going to tell you what the fuck it is. <laughs> yes, yes, she will. She did have a little bit of an attitude. I love it too. I, looking like going in and and watching her her YouTube interviews um, is one of the best things because you can kind of see her like cut her eyes at somebody when she doesn't like a question. You know, like mm. you can kind of see <laughs> <laughs> what she's really thinking. <laughs> Um, and actually, this is a good uh, opportunity to talk about how to say the, her name, because uh, I've mm-hmm. been corrected many times because I say Selena, um, but because uh, people think her name is Selena or because she's mm-hmm. Latina, that's Selena. But there's been multiple times on camera where Selena stops and says, actually, it's Selena. That's how I say it, yeah. Selena. You know, and she corrects right, people. Right. Um, and that. Affirm. I had to really, I still to this day have to work on correcting, correcting myself. myself like, yeah. I always want to say Selena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we're used to it. We're used to it. And I actually have several friends. Um, recently on, on uh, it happened to me, actually, in real life. Uh, I recently on um, the Art People podcast, I... I interviewed uh, Julia Mejia. Uh, she is the uh, Boston City Councilor, uh, like first Afro Latina mm-hmm. ever to be on Boston City Council. And mm-hmm. you know, I went in there very like, okay, I'm about to like, you know, kiki with with uh, <laughs> with with my with my friend Julia, right? And she quickly corrected me. She's like, it's Julia, and I'm like, oh mm-hmm. shit, I'm so sorry, you know, like, and and that to me. The Fabi Fav of maybe like five, ten years ago would have been like, oh my gosh, like, are you even Latina, bro? Like, what's going on here? Uh, right, right. You know, but now I'm like, okay, I see what this is. This is affirming your Latinidad as, you know, uh, affirming your Latinidad as somebody that was mostly an English speaker growing up, you know, and, and that's kind of the identity that Selena had, right? Like in Corpus Christi in Texas, like she mostly spoke English. And and honestly, if you really listen to all her songs, um, you can tell that sometimes she doesn't know what she's saying. She's just, she just remembers the words phonetically and and sing. She doesn't know what she's singing sometimes. And honestly, a lot of podcasts are like this bilingual singer. I'm like, yo, Selena did not, she really didn't know Spanish like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. really didn't know it right. like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, people get to decide how their names are pronounced, you know, and we got to listen to the, their preferences around it, you know? Exactly. So yes. She gets to decide if it's Selena or Selena, and she chose Selena. So 
that's how it is. So this is the only song on this album that was written and produced by Jose Luis Borrego. I don't know if you know anything about him, but it's the only one. All the rest of them were um, some combination of AB and Bella. Yeah, I did a little research on him because I'm like, is this a cover song? But is is mm-hmm. he just he was a songwriter back in the day, and it's probably mm-hmm. one of the songs that they that AB or Selena really liked, and so they yeah they put it on mm-hmm. the album. Yeah. yeah. And it's not one of the big hits, but it's one of your faves. Yeah, it's not a big hit, but definitely... Yeah, a deep cut. I love that we're getting in on the deep cuts here. Yes, 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 yes. Because like you said, I think that like there's this danger of like playing Selena out, right? And of course, she's a classic. She'll never be played out, but also like... You know, I get that we out. <laughs> no, I know. And I mean... When I was in high school, you know, I was trying really hard to be straight. And so I loved the Beatles and all those like 60s, 70s rock bands, you know. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I did. I played the Beatles out. Like I can't really, when I hear the Beatles now, I'm like, ugh, like turn that shit off, you know. Even though like, uh, you know, like Abbey Road or Let It Be, they're like one of my favorite albums. They're They're really great works i think um and actually now that i think about it this is kind of like a let it be um because everything is all the songs are so different you know but uh the it's possible (laughs) it's possible to play it out and (laughs) and i haven't maybe i've taken maybe like over a 10-year break now and now finally now i'm starting to listen to those songs again you know so it is Mm -hmm. it is possible Mm -hmm. it's possible it's mm-hmm. totally possible. So the next song is one of the bigger hits from this album, right? Fotos yeah, Fotos y Recuerdos. Oh, I love this song. And I actually didn't know it was a cover. <laughs> I was like, why are they singing this in English when I first heard The Pretenders? <laughs> I uh, had no idea that it was a cover mm-hmm. either. Yeah. Um, it was no, no, no idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, originally uh, Chrissy Hines wrote it, and uh, they just needed one more track on the album. Yeah, originally back on the Chang Gang, um, and they completely—I mean—changed the song. the The lyrics aren't like exact translations, but uh, it, of course they used the melody and 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 turned it from a rock song to a cumbia, which I think is badass. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's so badass, mm-hmm. and it's like it's very Chicano, right? It's like very along the lines Absolutely. of like lowrider culture, right? Like we're taking this very mm-hmm. American thing and we're making it our mm-hmm. own. Like we're gonna make this thing a cumbia. And um, AB Quintanilla actually said this is his favorite song on the whole album because it just worked so well. He like heard it at an airport while he was trying to figure out what what the tenth song was gonna be. And he had somebody write it for him, uh, you know, the, uh, and, and they actually recorded it before asking permission, uh, oh, <laughs> which wow. was wild. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. I know they like did the album art y todo. And, wow. um, but the, um, but Chrissy Hine was like, yeah, it's great. The translation is very different, but it's fine. It's not offensive to me. And so, um, yeah, it made it on the album, and I, I think it's a lot of people's favorite song, really. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a real classic, and 
I, um, you know, I think that it, like, it really, like, hits for people, like, all sorts of people. Like, for example, like, a good friend of me and Perez, Stephanie Alvarado, is an artist and is doing this photo archiving oh, project yeah. um, in the Bronx right now where she, um, you know, she has a residency doing a photo archiving process, pr- project over there. And she's calling it Fotos y Recuerdos. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just like, you know, she's like Ecuadorian from the Bronx, like no real like connection, like historically. I mean, like there's a lot of Mexicans in the Bronx now, but like when she was growing up, it was less so. And, uh, but you know, like Selena, Selena hit, you know, and like everybody, everybody connects with, with Selena and Fotos y Recuerdos in particular is, is one of the big ones that in that way. All right, let's take a listen to Fotos y Recuerdos and then talk about the next song after that. after Fotos y Recuerdos is El Chico del Apartamento 12, which if you are an OG listener of Radio Menea or you've like listened to our back catalog extensively, we brought to an episode right after the Pulse Massacre mm-hmm. in Orlando mm-hmm. because Betis, you'd heard it that night at a Pride party, right? Yeah, yeah. So like I didn't I didn't grow up with Selena. It was she was not on my radar as a kid. It was just like really didn't make it to really my father's world and so it didn't make it to mine in North Carolina and Miami but um but I feel like as an adult I've definitely gotten more of a relationship with her music and being in relation you know having more people in my life who are Chicano and Mexicano and all that and so um but yeah I was at a a DC Latin pride party on I think it was Thursday night and then the Pulse Massacre happened like really late Saturday night and I remembered really it was a really beautiful night I had like a really good time with some other like 
queer Latinx friends who were there. And I remembered this song playing and just like having this like really big like joy moment um, dancing to it at this in this space that was, you know, predominantly Latinx and queer and just felt really beautiful. And so then when Pulse happened just like two days later, it was such um, I mean, it was so upsetting on so many levels, but it also really like put in um, stark contrast, like the experience that I just had having this really beautiful time with the, in this space that was very similar to the space that then became, you know, mm-hmm. a massacre in Orlando. And so, um, yeah, this song now has this whole other meaning for me, um, related to pulse that because of that moment. Yeah. It's very, um, I don't know. It's like muy impactante, you know, in that mm-hmm. moment, because it's like, you know, as the stuff came out, like, you know, we learned that you know, this person didn't actually, like, was specifically targeting gay people, but it was, like, right after Pride, and it was, like, a Latino establishment, and it was queer, and it was just, like, it felt, like, really, like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of us really felt that a Mm -hmm. lot, and just, like, I don't know, for this, for this, to have this connection with this song, even though it has, like, nothing to do with it, you know, it's just, like, a poppy song about, like, a neighbor, you know, a cute boy (laughs) in your building. (laughs) Who's hitting on you or something, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, and again, solidifying Selena as a queer icon, even though mm. she never officially claimed it or said it. I mean, but it's it's very obvious to us, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just true. She is a queer, she is like an icon in the queer community, you know? And like, That's it, yeah. Just like by the, by the amount of like, you, you know, Selena drag performers, by the, you know, her music getting played at queer parties, by, you know, she's just like, part of like the queer latinx experience you Mm -hmm. know yeah and speaking of like latinx in general this song um this was kind of ab quintanilla's attempt at making her music more like globally latino like latinx Mm. and so Mm -hmm. it's it's, oh interesting it's it's inspired more by like colombian cumbias than than Mexican cumbias. Than Mexican ones. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. So he really tried... To, he had... This album actually has a lot of, like, South American influence because he was trying to to appeal to to a wider audience, not just not just Tejanos. Wow, that's so interesting. And did yeah. she become more of an international star? I mean, I know what happened in the U.S., but I don't know. As much yeah, as she did this... She did this song with the Barrio Boys, and so uh, it was around the same time. And uh, so then that got her attention because I think the Barrio, the Barrio, Barrio Boys, oh my God, the Barrio Boys are like, um, I think they're Puerto Rican or they're from New York too. So it got her music recognized on the East Coast, and then people got into her discography after after the Barrio Boys song came out. Um, and that was more of like a, mm. uh, I don't know how to, you know, very 90s, like, uh, <laughs> kind of like pop, you know, crossover song. Um, it just reminds me of like Enrique Iglesias, you know, like somebody in the background going, you know. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, yeah, I think. I think they saw the success of that or were kind of planning to kind of go more, uh, more, um, you know, diverse with their, with their music, um, around the same time. So let's take a quick break to talk about our membership program. Hey y'all, if you've been listening, you know that we launched a member program and we just want to invite you to join us if you can make it. 
So for five, ten, or fifteen dollars a month, it's like a sliding scale. You can get access to a members-only feed of Rathi Manea, which has a bonus segment on every episode. We work hard to try to bring you cute things. We have an extra little discussion with Favi Fav today uh, for our members only about the Selena movie. So join us. It's cute. Yeah, we're going to get into it, y'all. Yeah, thanks, hey. Favi. <laughs> um, all right, take check out the link in the show notes to become a member. And thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let's move on to the next song on the album, an undisputed classic. This is Beady Beady Bum Bum. my gosh this song this song Iconic. what to even say Iconic. about bdbd bomb bomb you know yes oh my so okay we had this conversation on latinos for lunch and i think y'all are the ones to help me with this question is this the difference between a a, a jam a banger and a bop i think <laughs> i think this is it's like Bob Banger. It's like between that, right? Tell me about your your differences. I yeah. love the I yeah. love the you're you're okay. a connoisseur. I of feel the, like okay, like <laughs> of the differences. I feel like a jam is like how the children say like a mood, you know, and it's also like mm, a mm, more established mm-hmm. song, almost like a song that was like part of some sort of movement or like represents a bigger idea. That is a jam to me, right? And then, got it. Uh, a banger is just like a song you hear and you just like go crazy. Like it's like you start dancing, or, or you know, your girls get on the dance floor and they start go. You know, everybody does a dance circle. I feel like that's a banger. Or it's like you know more like um, you know everybody just kind of head nods at the same time kind of thing like if it's a rock song or something and then a bop is just like you know a song that you kind of just like you can kind of chair dance to it and do a little shoulder moves here and there Mm -hmm, um so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) that's why i'm like it could be a banger it could be a bop depending on the mood you know you need some shit with some bop in it yeah exactly (laughs) i love that yeah bitty bitty bum bum is I don't know. I feel like depending on who you are, it could be either of, of those. It could be any of the three. I know, exactly. But basically, I just sound like a grandma saying, this is a banger. 
Yeah. Oh my god. The hard G pronunciation that you do on banger is really chef's kiss. <laughs> so this song, uh, Selena actually is the main writer on it, which is pretty amazing. And mm. yeah, and it has a really fun um story. So this song actually just naturally just happened over time um, as like a, a kind of a sound check game that Selena and Susie and her sister Susie and AB, everybody like in the band would just start kind of making noises. And it actually started yeah. a, as a song about bubbles and fish that Selena would sing, like really cute, like bitty bitty bubbles. Oh. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's very cute. And so... um I think one day, like, Susie put a beat to it, and then, you know, they started just kind of riffing. And so it was just kind of their sound check song for a very long time. And um, I think one day, I think A.B. just said, let's let's make it into a song. And so they started writing the lyrics for Bitty Bitty Bum Bum, and it became more, it, you know, went from Little Mermaid Aquatic to um, a song about her heart beating because she had a crush on somebody, you know? Mm. So, so That's a sweet cute. story. And a, I know, and a classic. So it's really fun to listen to the family kind of reminisce about this song because it is, you know, it's kind of just a song about like just feelings and joy and kind of the immediacy of, of just like feeling the beat, you know? Yeah, yeah I really, I think that like the, like the onomatopoeia aspect of, of like the beady beady bum bum is like how your heart goes. It's just like, it just makes it really fucking fun. It's just like a very sweet, fun, cute song. Yes. It's so fun. And it's like every quinceañera, you're going to hear this song. It's like one of the biggest hits ever. Mm-hmm. So this next track is one of your favorites on the album. I know you said it was really hard to choose, but. You named this. I know, I know. Techno Cumbia, it is a fucking weird song. Have y'all, y'all, I mean, of course, y'all have listened to it. It's also, it's also one of the biggest hits. But speaking of Anamanapia, like this song is like Selena's voice is almost like an instrument at one point when she's saying the words. And then um, she starts rapping at one point. Like, what is going on? on mm-hmm. it shouldn't work it should not work um i know does. right <laughs> but it there's does. so many things that are like that i feel like with selena where it's just like if you actually like look a little bit closer if you think about it too hard you're like why the fuck does this work and I, in the end i feel like my only answer is like she was just like a singular interpreter you know like una interprete única is like that's the only answer like, el feeling que le ponía la canción is just like she fucking mm. sells it to me. Yeah. Why don't we take yeah, a listen for to sure. this song?
Also, another quince hit because it tells you what to do in the song, right? Like muévelo, muévelo, mm-hmm. and then you, you, so you can do kind of the dances with it. It's right. Our people love a coordinated dance. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, we love this... us some choreography. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, what a moment! What a moment! And I think also from what I remember. Selena really, really loved this song, and I think she she wanted to kind of go in this direction after this album with a lot of the Spanish songs, a lot of the a lot of the cumbia songs. So it was really kind of an experimental song um, to see, you know, how they could push the cumbia and modernize it. And I think you know they succeeded. And if you listen to the song, you hear. That this is like an early Cumbia Kings song, you know, mm. like this. This is mm. kind of what, where AB takes um, uh, uh, the Cumbia Kings. It was kind of the jumping-off mm. point. And man, if you haven't heard the Cumbia Kings, they're fucking Cumbia Kings. Just like I feel like their goal was like let's just make party anthems, right? And so mm-hmm. I feel like Techno Cumbia is also a party anthem along the same lines. Totally. I think this is a perfect quince song, a perfect quinceañera song, a perfect song for that kind of party where it's just like, okay, familia, everybody get up and dance, do the thing. Just a hit, a party hit. You always need one of those in your, in your back pocket. Yeah. So only a couple tracks left on this album. The next one is Tus Desprecios. Tell us about Tus Desprecios, Fabi. Well, I mean, this one, again, another classic. They threw another classic in there. And I say that because I feel like this one is like, Tejano as fuck and like also like northern Mexican. So if you listen to it, it's, it's got that really like German polka uh, accordion also, you know, so it's it's uh, it's it's giving me those those vibes. And so, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's to me, it's kind of like a classic song like that. And so it's pretty solid. It's probably. It's not like my favorite song on the album, but I really do appreciate it. And it, and just to just to think about the influence like in this album from German polkas to like Caribbean mm-hmm. beats to mm-hmm. American pop to mariachi like this it, it's it's really incredible that this fits in this album, but it does somehow. Well, and it's like some of those influences represent the influences in like the border and in Tejano music mm-hmm. and, you know, just like all of the things that come together in in this region and the ways in which the music reflects that. Yeah, for sure. And then I think the next song, uh, I think it's probably my favorite song on the album. I will say that uh, just because it is so like passionate and mm-hmm. again, a very like Selena uh, like pronouncing every single word, every single syllable. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a fusion of cumbia and mariachi, which I live for. And the song mm-hmm. is uh, uh, Si Una I Vez. I do love me some mariachi. 
Oh, si una vez is like, oh, that's like a karaoke song when you're pissed, when you're heartbroken, ah. you know, like, oh, <laughs> I love that song. Let's take a listen to it. Selena's big talents is actually being able to like just convey so much fucking feeling which if you think about it is even more intense given that she actually didn't really speak Spanish that much you know Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just like it's even more impressive like how much feeling she's able to convey into a song and for me I think that with songs that are like you know, with songs that are about, like, love or anger or, you know, like, that are, like, really trying to, like, convey a really deep emotion, it just hits so much harder when there's, like, something in the singer's voice that, like, just Mm -hmm. the voice alone, if you couldn't tell what the words were about, you can still tell the feeling of it. Like, I feel like this is what Selena really excels at, what Selena really excels at, and I just, I think this is a perfect example of it. Yeah. For sure, and and you kind of see it um, in the movie when when they're on Big Bertha or on the bus, like A B kind of going over how to pronounce each word, or like in the beginning when when uh, the dad is teaching Selena, Abraham Quintanilla is teaching Selena like how to say relo, right? You can you can really hear it in this song. She's rolling her R's. And um, making sure that you hear every single word, which uh, it, it, this would be a good vocal exercise for all you uh, choir nerds out there, for sure. Why is this your favorite one, you think? You know, I don't know. Like, I have fantasies of, like, breaking up with somebody <laughs> someday. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe uh, I will use this song in the future. But no, I think just because of the passion behind it, and again, because of that fusion, that cumbia mariachi fusion yeah Yeah. i fucking Mm -hmm. love it and then um also i love when people cover this song it's Mm -hmm. uh one of my favorite covers of this song is by the band girl in a coma and um and they're Mm. they're based in texas and uh i think a lot of those members are in the band fea 
uh, or it evolved mm-hmm. into Faya, maybe. Yeah. I don't, I'm yeah. not sure of the history there. But uh, their cover of Suna Vez, oof, so good. It's got, it's like more rock, you know, and like uh, kind of has a punk feel to it. So it can really, this song can really kind of be transformed into however you're feeling. And it's so, and, and, you know, also speaking of like her emoting through her songs, it was also uh, her love for like telenovelas and drama. She lived for drama. I don't know if you guys know this, but Selena was acting in telenovelas at the time also. She was wow. in... Uh, yes. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. in... Uh, Dos Mujeres Un Camino. Yes, we did discuss this very briefly on an episode Mm -hmm. once. Uh Uh-huh. Actually, the the previous song, Tus Desprecios, that I was talking about, if you listen to it, it actually has, it's like really strong Dos Mujeres Un Camino vibes within the, Mm, like, the the keyboard part of it, you know? That keyboard. I feel it. I feel it. So iconic. You know what? You know what? I'm I'm saying it right now. I'm predicting it. You know how the saxophone like five years ago made a huge comeback? Like every fucking <laughs> every fucking <laughs> pop song had a saxophone in it. Give us that, your predictions. Give us your predictions. That cheesy keyboard from the nineties is gonna come back soon. You're gonna mm-hmm. hear it in music. Ooh. Mm-hmm. If you okay. if it's okay. if it's not I already feel happening. It. I feel it. If it's not already I mean, happening, you're gonna back, hear so. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I feel like really you can tell that a song is good is when you have no actual connection to the experience that's being sung about, but you still fucking feel it as if you mm-hmm. were going through it and you like, mm-hmm. you know, like you're just like going through all of the emotions, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I feel like there's a few songs like that for me where it's just like, Esto no tiene nada que ver con mi vida. And yet, like I'm feeling every single feeling that's happening here. So, yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. The last track. I mean, 10 songs is, you know, I feel like these days people put out albums that are so freaking long, but this is like amazing what they, what they accomplished with just 10 tracks. Yeah. And, you know, probably cause she had, she just had done an album the, the year before. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, this one is a weird one. I'm going to, I am going to just say that I, <laughs> it's not my fave, but, um, I think, I think the reason this song exists is to really let Chris Perez shine um, because it is like a true rock song. And I've heard, I've heard uh, Chris Perez talk about this song, Perez. Well, I guess that's how he says it. Okay. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) um, he, yeah, he, um, he's an amazing guitar player and it kind of, it kind of speaks to kind of like modern Texas too. Like, you you can there's so many bands especially like in Austin where a band is made up of like a punk rock drummer and a bassist from like a metal band and a guy who plays you know in a mariachi so it's like all these like professional musicians that can just pick up an instrument and and just make a song work like it could be 
you know, a jazz, a, tra- a classically trained jazz uh, piano player with, uh, you know, like a, a heavy metal player in a, in a band, any band in Austin, you know? And so that's kind of what Selena's band was even back in the day. And mm-hmm. um, honestly, I think... Uh, A.B. Quintanilla gave Chris the song and Chris like just composed the music like on the spot for the song. That's how much of a pro he was. Yeah. So this, I mean, this, this song I think is like really for him. And it, uh, it also kind of is, is, uh, gives me a feminine um, energy, like not feminine energy, sorry gives me like feminist energy because if you listen to it it sounds like gloria trevi it sounds like anna gabriel you know it's like it's like her rock anthem yeah for sure so you you knew she was also listening selena was listening to those women uh when she i could i could almost see her getting into character to do this song so um this uh this song was kind of a, a way for her to kind of get out of her cutesy you know selena character her dramatic telenovela character that she had yeah also yeah. and then get into her like her rocker pelo suelto vibe you know what an album what, what a roller coaster album. my god yeah. what a roller coaster and thank you so much for joining us for it thank you so much for having me selena no, knowledge amazing. you're amazing um Thank you, thank you, thank you. I I mean, yeah, y'all really inspired me because, you know, like I said, I wasn't, I, I'm not trying to play Selena out, but now that I've listened to so many of her stories and I wonder, I'm going to go back to that question. Like, I wonder what Selena would be doing now. And, mm. um, and I, and I think that is like, to me, very inspiring as an artist. Like, what what would I, you know, I, th- I think this is totally going to influence my next body of work. Like, maybe I oh, yeah. I make Selena's, Selena's next fashion line. Maybe I design her next yeah. album cover and that becomes, you know what I mean? Like, imagine, right? Awesome. So, yeah. Um, right, right. Yeah. That's or beautiful. imagine a world without her. Oh, que triste. But anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, without this album, right? Right. I love that you're working yeah. as a medium for those kinds of explorations. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Fabi. Yeah, you're thank welcome. You so much for thank this. you for having me. Thank you for dropping all the knowledge. Thank you for doing this Selena episode before you were planning to do it. Hopefully, it'll help kick off your month of Selena content. Um, and yeah, for sure. So, so appreciate you always. Thank you, and you know I love your show. It's it's uh, it was one of the first Latinx shows I ever podcast that I've ever heard, and and I'm still your listener, so I'm so excited mm. that we became friends, and yeah. I'm yeah. on your show. This is so cool, and you know we owe it all to Selena. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? Why not? Yeah, why not? sure. <laughs> Well, make sure you check out the show notes and, and follow Favi and all the wonderful things he's up to. And thanks so much for listening, y'all. As always, all the information from the show is on the show notes. And you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all the social media. Thanks so much. Hasta la próxima. Bye. Bye. <laughs>